Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Business Samurai Podcast. Uh, Business Samurai is, of course, the companion podcast to the Business Samurai webcomic, which you should all be reading, and is also a podcast about business and pop culture. I'm Business Samurai's creator, Ramon, Ramon Cuenca, CFA. So, yeah, it's been two weeks and a lot's happened in two weeks. Um, obviously, uh, we have the uh, the ga- whole GameStop uh, Robin Hood Reddit thing that happened. Came and it went. We'll talk about that for a bit. And, of course, uh, Jeff Bezos. Be- Bezos? Bezos. I'll say Bezos. Uh, stepping down as CEO of, and, of, of Amazon. And instead becoming, he is now, yeah, moving to role of executive chairman. So today I'll be talking about those two things and a few other things, and a few other smaller things as well. Okay, so GameStop. Yeah, it's come, it came and it went. Uh, I looked at a chart of the GameStop stock. I'm sure all of you have read about this, by the way, but for those of you who don't know, or who have been living under a rock because there are seriously a few days and like like two weeks ago where like no one would shut up about it. But basically, um, there was a stock. Uh, there's a co- first of all, there's a company called GameStop, which is a brick and mortar retailer in the U.S. It sells it sells video games and related other related uh, merchandise and um, um, products. And Obviously, something like a business like that would, first of all, the trends for brick and mortar were already pretty bad pre-pandemic. Obviously, as people started buying more things online, but during the pandemic, when no one was going on and buying things, and everyone was just like, that, and it accelerated people buying stuff online. Um, that was obviously another bad thing for the for for GameStop's business. So what was happening is that, is that uh, GameStop is also a six, not GameStop, not GameStop, GameStop, GameStop is a publicly listed company, meaning that they have stock that's publicly listed, which the public can buy and sell. There are these uh, hedge funds, which uh, who, which obviously make money trading stocks and other and other securities, and uh, what they were what they were doing is that they were shorting GameStop's stock. What that means is when you when you short a stock, it's, it's basically like this. You you take the view that a stock is going to go down for whatever reason. So what you do is you don't actually own the stock. You borrow the stock from someone like a broker or something like that. And then you sell the stock and you buy it back at a cheaper price. Then you return the stock to whoever you, bar- you borrowed it from. And you pocket the, the the difference between the price you sold it at and the, the the price you bought it at afterwards. So theoretically, if the stock goes down, then you make money. Theoretically, if it goes down. Now, on the other hand, if the price if you're wrong and the price of the stock goes up, you have to you have to keep buying and buying the stock at higher prices, which means you're losing money. You're basically being short. It's 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 uh, called being short squeezed. So you when you when you short a stock you want to make money you want, you want to avoid being squeezed. So what happened was this stock was being shorted, 
but this there was this forum on Reddit, uh, Wall Street Bets, that was uh, talking about uh, going long on the stock. So retail investors, while while hedge funds were shorting the stock, GameStop's the stock, retail investors. So those are you know basically your mom and pop, you know individual, you know average Joe type investors, were buying the stock, and their view was that it was undervalued, which means that. The price, because obviously GameStop, GameStop stock had not been doing well previously. So some you could take the view that maybe the market has priced too much negative value into the stock, into GameStop's business. Maybe something good will happen; it'll recover. So that's the idea behind that. So they were going long. So long versus short. So when you go long, you're basically buying a stock and holding it. Buy and hold. That's a, you know, it's a very retail investor thing to do. That's a, that's a, you and I could do that. O- open up, a, open up a brokerage account and buy and hold a stock. That's going long, basically. So what happened was, <laughs> I don't think it's ever happened before, not to this extent, but this strategy of going long GameStop went viral. So everyone, all these retail investors started buying it. So it kept going up and up and up, like up a thousand percent. It was at 40 something and it went to like 100, then 200, then 250, then it maxed out at 347. That was its closing, closing high. Um, and some of these hedge funds got squeezed. So... You have this story of these, you know, uh, average Joe, uh, you know, the little guy taking taking on the man. Basically, it's become this David and Goliath story that went, you know, that went nuts. Um, I mean, all the the news the news media was was talking about it, and and yeah, it was especially during what the end of January. That's when it was really at its peak. The news cycle and the stock, and. What was driving this this retail frenzy was, uh, according if you if you read some of the, some of the analysis on it, was that there was a number of factors. First, the pandemic. So everyone is at, so when people were staying at home, not you know doing other things that they would normally do. Second was they probably had some savings because they weren't going out so much and spending money in you know brick and mortar establishments for like GameStop, for example. <laughs> and then you have maybe some of the U.S. stimulus money. So the U.S. for those of you who aren't Americans, the the, the U.S. government handed out stimulus checks. Uh, during uh, at the start of the pandemic last year, so everyone, depending on how much money you made, you can get up to like me, like a, over a thousand dollars in stimulus money, for example. Uh, so the all the, a confluence of all those factors, and then also the, the most this is a really important one it was that uh was that there was an app that's being used called Robinhood, which where you can trade without you can trade stocks. You as a retail investor can trade stocks on your smartphone. Without paying the regular brokerage commission, you would pay to a broker. I mean, we'll talk about that a bit later because it's 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 not it's misleading that statement. So yeah, a bunch of those things, and well, what do you know? Like, just like it. I'm recording this now on February eighth. The price is back to like what sixty something. Uh, so if you look at the stock, if you look at the chart of the stock, like you know the like year to date, it's literally like like a straight line, then like. Then a little bit dividend, another up, so like, like almost like a crown, then down again. So it came down. So it's a bubble, right? You know, when you when things are when when stocks start start shooting up that high and there's no real strong fundamental. I mean, GameStop still is a struggling business. If there's no if there are no real fundamentals supporting that, then some people will decide to take profit and sell their stock, which you know induces everyone else everyone else holding a stock who know that. The underlying business is not that uh, in good of a shape, 
will start selling as well, and then then you have the end of a bubble. So that was that, and you know I was listening to a podcast uh, again, pro, uh, pro, the Prof G Show or the Prof G Podcast, and uh, the host Professor Galloway, who's an NYU, uh, NYU um, business school marketing professor, was interviewing an NY uh, school finance professor, who's one of the gods of valuation, by the way. Uh, Aswath uh, Damodaran, and he was saying that, uh, like, if this is something to like really stick to the man and help the little guy, you're not really doing it by buying the stock because, you know, for for stocks that are struggling like GameStop or AMC or etc., the best thing would be to have a have a lower stock price so that they become an easier acquisition target and they're rolled up into a larger company, for example, and that would actually save the save the employees and. You know, of GameStop, if you really care about the underlying business, you know, really, if you're really sticking up for the little guy, which you know, some people like to say that they are, not everyone, but yeah, you know, so it's not even that. Maybe just you know, it's my turn to make money, you know, instead of just all the boys, the big boys, and it's it's a fair criticism because a lot of the times it is a it is a game that's uh, a quote unquote investing in stocks, which is really just you know trading. Uh, investing is in my in my definition I'm pretty old school in that way investing is just buy and hold but like trading stocks like that it's always going to be in favor of the big boys they have access to the comp- to comp- company management because I've been in that job by the way because I used to be a, st- a stock analyst before so they had access to, to company management or you know they they can or if they're a hedge fund and they have quantitative trading they can you know the quantitative strategies they can use computer programs to trade you know nothing nothing that you and I would have to trade or benefit from movements in the stock market it was a valid criticism. So, anyways, I heard there's a money, there's there's a there's a movie that's going to be made right away. So, that should be interesting. But I'm still waiting for the movie on Theranos, if, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. If you remember that that uh, controversy a few years ago. All right. Anyway, so I want to talk about Robinhood, the app that was used to trade uh, for a, a lot of these uh, to, to execute a lot of these um, these trades on um, on GameStop. So, what's interesting about Robinhood is that they've Basically, it's an app that's basically gamified investing, which is not always good because if you make it a game, then people will start spending the money and all, maybe even recklessly, you're taking advantage of people's desperation or greed. Like a casino, I mean, you could always say that the stock market is always a casino, but to make it appear so easy and to have like, you know, if like, you know, if you have the Facebook app for, app, for example, you get an alert, there's like a red, you know, there's like a red uh, sign and then you click on the app like, I mean, I don't use the Robinhood app, but I heard that they, they do that as well. And then, you you know, there's no perceived barrier because there's no, um, there are no brokerage fees. So you're just trading, trading, trading. I heard someone killed himself during the pandemic because of this. So there's, a, there's been an outcry uh, among professionals that this is what GameStop is, uh, excuse me, not GameStop, what Robinhood is doing is wrong. And, you know, it's, it's, and, it's, and it's immoral. So that's come to light, especially now, with the whole um, GameStop fiasco, but <clears throat> that being said, let me see. Early uh, towards the end of last year, there were already regulatory actions being taken against um, against Robin Hood. So, what really hasn't been talked about, at least in the in the mainstream public public sphere, basically, was that. Uh, they had to pay $65 million to the SEC because uh, the SEC was saying that uh, was that um, GameStop, because the way games, I mean, sorry, not, not GameStop, the way Robinhood makes money is, isn't obviously through brokerage commission, which, was, which is what brokers traditionally make. 
It's through uh, what's known as. Let me see. I'm just pulling it up here. Hopefully, I can find it. I didn't. I didn't erase it. Uh, hold on. Okay. Just a second. Sorry. Okay. Pay, uh, payment for order flow, which is an arrangement where people who actually market makers, people who actually execute the trades, pay. Robin Hood for the chance to execute the trades of Robin Hood's users, which means that the the criticism of uh, the criticism of this practice is that it incentivizes uh, Robin Hood to to go with the market maker who pays him the most, who pays Robin Hood the most, not necessarily who executes the best. So last year, the SEC uh, fined Robin Hood sixty five million dollars. Um, for this, for this, uh, for the, for this kind of arrangement, where they weren't, they were failing to deliver value to their clients, uh, reportedly, and according to the SEC, Robinhood had deprived customers of thirty-four point one million dollars uh, because of this arrangement. This uh, pay for was it called um, payment for order flow? Because of it's led to inferior pricing practices. Even when taking into account the fact, I'm just reading from uh, this Financial Times article from December last year, its customers were were not paying a commission for the to trade. Even when you, even when you take into account the perceived uh, free trades that these customers and Robinhood users seem to get, like if you look at uh, and this is and I'm bringing up a a concept from finance called opportunity cost, uh, they still uh, they still were um, being um, they were still they still were pay, they were paying a cost indirectly by the fact that they got stocks that say like not a good price not as good as of a price that they had gone through a regular broker a standard broker for example so that's that i apologize because this uh this episode is going to be a bit short i'm a uh, i'm really busy uh obviously i have my weekly output of uh of um of the of business of this business samurai webcomic uh, the manga and of course and uh, I'm also working on my pitch my business plan because I'm planning to raise money this year so yeah if you see if you're watching me on YouTube you see my a page from the from the manga up uh, you see uh, half awake leashway because that, that's how I feel I feel half awake all the time anyways all right so the second thing I want to talk about is Bezos all right so Jeff Bezos um, this is last week I believe Moving, uh, stepping out his role of CEO, moving executive chairman. If you read some of the articles, they say his his role is more or less unchanged, uh, unchanged at Amazon. He's also going to focus on his other his other ventures, like the was it Blue Origin? Is that, is that the name? I hope I'm not I'm not, I'm not getting it wrong, but the the one about sending people to the moon. Um. Uh. Yeah. So there's that, and you know he was already kind of in a more of a some people say like you know this this wasn't last like last minute. It's been it's been going on for months. Insiders in the com- in the company, he's still you know he's still probably I mean he's still a founder. He's still gonna have a profound uh, you know his word still has profound effects on the company. You know he's, I, I'm I'm assuming he's still the largest shareholder. Uh, but yeah, so executive chairman. But what was more interesting to me was that there was there was a so if you go to YouTube and you you uh, go to the channel Bloomberg Technology, there was an, a video that came out last week which is Amazon under fire from regulators as Bezos steps down. So basically, yeah, because obviously what is the timing of this like uh uh 
there's a uh, I guess they're they're a research firm Forrester. I'm not sure researcher or money manager, uh, but the, one of the analysts, principal analysts, was saying that was making the comparison between Bezos stepping down. Uh, the same thing when uh, Bill Gates stepped down in Microsoft uh, in the '90s. When I guess it was the '90s when they were, I'm not sure exactly exact when, but I know that the, the antitrust lawsuits were, were happening at the in the '90s from Microsoft. And also, Jack Ma in the Chinese government, he, him stepping down from Alibaba, for example. So, I mean, and I've talked about before how like sort of there's been regulatory scrutiny against all the big tech players. I'm sure, especially in light of the pandemic, where they just got richer while everyone else is suffering. Uh, that just hastened something that was happening even beforehand, and it's, it's got bipartisan support in the U.S. So, you know, Bezos might have just said, you know, enough is enough. I'm gonna do, go do my own thing. So there's that, you know. I mean, and I wonder. I mean, for me personally, that's a signal that you know, it, it, regulatory scrutiny is just gonna get hard, worse and worse. I think, in my view, going forward against um, against. Um, um, against big tech, so that's a lot, that's uh, Bezos there. All right, last thing. There's a good YouTube video that came out, and uh, I think it's Bloom Bloomberg. Is a Phillips curve still a good tool for policymakers? So basically, if, if, and this is because I want you know I I, I, I do my b- big thing is money literacy, and that includes financial literacy for everybody. But basically, there's a for like the past decades or so, there's this idea that there's a relationship between uh, there's a re- there's a relationship between between inflation and unemployment, the the less unemployment, the higher the un- inf- inflation, the 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 higher the unemployment, the lower the inflation, and that that uh that uh relationship has been described under the Phillips curve, and that's been true for several decades in the twentieth century, but like that relationship seems to be breaking down now because ideally, my interpretation of it, anyways, is that um uh is that my interpretation is that. When there's less unemployment, the economy is strong, so people are buying more, which puts us up, pushes up the price of goods. So you have regular inflation, and then, uh, and when there are people buying less, or uh, when they're high, during periods of higher unemployment, then you know people are buying less, so there's less, uh, there's less um, demand push for infl- inflation. For, for for so goods don't really get bought, bid up that high. The price of goods and services don't get bid up as higher, so there's less inflation. But what's happening now is that it's what's the, the video is describing a pancake relationship between inflation and unemployment, meaning that the inflation rate seems to be the same no matter what the unemployment is, employment rate is or unemployment rate is. So and then you have like low interest rates, and it's been like that for a time. And I've mentioned it before in this podcast several times that. Uh, Inflation rates still remain low, so well, this this is important because this basically you know puts modern or standard economic theory on its head, and it's just like we're entering into a new paradigm, in my view, of of how human society is is functioning. I mean, I'm not that sounds like I'm over exaggerating, but I think it's true. So what does it mean? That means that you know if you if the if the federal if the federal bank starts printing money. Which it has done during this crisis and the last one ten years ago, and and interest rates remain low, which is which is not against standard theories that when there's more money then like uh, interest inflation goes up, right? But if inflation rates remain remain low, sorry, not interest rates, inflation rates remain low, 
then could you theoretically could you theoretically print money forever? And again, I know it's a very political thing, but it's worth it's worth thinking about because uh, these sort of policies that have been used to to prop up businesses and keep people employed, which I think is important in a time of people being autom- uh, of jobs being automated. So I mean, obviously there have been experiments and nothing's conclusive. Some people say I've read that that the results haven't been good for universal basic income, but it's still it's worth it's, it's worth thinking about. Like we're really heading into into our uncharted territory as, as a as a global human society in that sense. Okay, so that's it for today. Uh, I will see you in two weeks. In the meantime, please, if you haven't, I know a lot of you have. Please uh, subscribe to this podcast, also to the Business Samurai Manga on Webtoon or Tapas. Those are the two platforms I'm on. And links are in the description or in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know what I've seen? Ever since I changed the name to Business Samurai, like I've been getting more subscribers and more views. So, you know, Mark, you know what? Getting a name that is catchy and uh, and self-explanatory, which is really, 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 really hard to do, really helps a lot. Thank you so much again for your support, and I will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.